Intentionally Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 50 features the head coach of South Dakota State University, John Stiglmeyer. In this episode, we get to know Coach Stiglmeyer and learn how he's helped build South Dakota State University into a perennial FCS power. From the Jackrabbit way, to building a staff, to empowerment of coaches and players, this episode has something for everyone. Episode 50 will be the season finale for Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded. Season 2 has been a great season filled with great guests from all levels ranging from the high school level, to all levels of college football, to even retired head coaches of major college programs. John and I are committed to continuing to bring our audience the best quality of coaching content possible, and we're excited to announce our partnership with the Iowa Football Coaches Association for Season 3. We look forward to their partnership and the benefits both entities can have for one another. We'd also like to thank GoRoute for once again being a great sponsor for our program. Their support has been phenomenal, and they've been a big reason we've been able to get our program off the ground and running. We are very appreciative and grateful for the opportunity to continue to work with them. Preparation for Season 3 is already underway, and we hope to continue to offer more coaching and leadership content on our website while expanding our growing community to include the best coaches from around the country. We are so appreciative for the community of coaches who have joined us on this journey, and with their assistance, we look forward to growing this movement into bigger and better things in 2020. Look for Episode 51 to be released during the first week of January 2020. Finally, don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for our blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave us a review on iTunes to help grow our program and share our message with a larger community. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practices by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, that is G-O-R-O-U-T.com, or by emailing at sales at goroute.com. Or you can call the phone number at 866-777-1448. Episode 25 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach John Stiglmeyer starts now. Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in coaching. Yeah, you know, I, I probably approached this thing a little different than, than many. Uh, number one, I didn't uh, play uh, college football. I grew up in a real small town and and uh, just really sheltered life, honestly. And and I uh, went to South Coast State because my brother did. And, uh, you know, I was going to be a high school uh, teacher and math teacher and a coach. And uh, really, because I got involved as a student coach as the reason I'm sitting in, in the head coach's office at South Dakota State, it opened my eyes to the profession and things that could be. And even though I did coach them, teach some in high school, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, get to the college levels and, and work my way up to here. Now, coaching at your alma mater has got to be a gratifying experience for you. What has made SDSU so special to you over the years, and what does it mean to you to be able to be the head coach for the past 22 seasons? Well, first of all, had, had uh, you asked me 22 years ago, uh, would I be the head coach here that long? I, I would have said no, and probably for a couple of reasons. 
uh, but it's been a true blessing. Um, you know, coaches are weird ducks. You know, they move, they get fired, they they climb the professional ladder, and and uh, I really I've been here thirty thirty some years. I was a DB coach first. I was a D coordinator for six years, then was a head coach at Division Two. We transitioned to FCS at Division One, and it's been it's been very rewarding to be part of that. It's uh, it's it's been really special to be part of that. Uh, to see the changes, um, and then to do it at, at the school where you went, where you were an undergraduate, it's been a true blessing. And, and bottom line, for my family, it's been a blessing because our kids went to the same school, we've gone to the same church, and they've not had to be uprooted, changed friends, uh, and and so the Lord's taking care of us. Now you kind of mentioned there a little bit in passing, but let's talk a little bit about SDSU's transition to the FCS level. What were some of the challenges for you and your coaching staff um, during that time, and then how has that transition transformed SDSU as a campus um, in the entire university? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been again, it's been fun to be part of. The challenges initially were, uh, you know, our athletic director in those days literally sat us down weekly and we talked about what we needed to do, and I, I remember very distinctly. One week he said, you know, I need to be honest with you guys that are you coaches, uh, you know, historically when a school goes through a transition like this, about 50% of the coaches lose their jobs uh, because of the difficulty of going through it. And, and so that wasn't real exciting, uh, but it was really exciting to see uh, how our, how our team embraced it. Uh, one of the difficulties was budget. You know, you go from 36 scholarships to 63 and we had a very, very slow plan and I probably wouldn't be here had we stuck to that plan but we we figured out that you know if you get a guarantee game by an FBS school you pay for a lot of scholarships and so we accelerated that uh scheduling has been horrendous uh, very difficult especially when we we're in the Great West Conference the Great West Conference was made up of, of five total teams uh initially and so we had to schedule uh that gives you four conference games you had to schedule seven to eight non-conference games and then you're you're in an area where there aren't you know it's us in North Dakota State out here in the in the in the plains and so you just really had some difficulty with that. But I tell you what it improved. I tell you what got not easier but it changed our our our, our sales pitch was when you put Division One behind your school, uh, student athletes want to play at a high level and and it didn't make it easier for us to recruit them, but it made it easier for us to get in the school, get in their homes. And, and tell our story and tell them what, what our crystal ball uh, read. Um, you know, as a school, uh, there's no doubt, uh, in my opinion, that the athletic department, uh, in a positive way or a negative way, is a great sales pitch for the entire university. And the fact that we've had success, basketball's had success, wrestling's had success, I think it's it's been a great uh, um, sales pitch and, and just a, a great story for this South Dakota State University, and I don't think our enrollment has increased. I don't know if our grants have increased, but I know people know about South Dakota State across the nation, and, and I do I do believe it will pay dividends down the road. Now kind of switching a little bit over to the football side of things, and when it comes to building a coaching staff, what are some of the characteristics and values you look for in your assistant coaches? You know, the uh, I, I go back to what my dad taught me on the farm, you know, two things, and, and he taught me and, and he said it was the foundation of any – Anybody that wants to be great, you, you got to be able to work hard at whatever profession you're in. And he thought I was going to be a farmer. Uh, he hoped I was going to be a farmer. Um, my two brothers were, were, were farmed with him. So the hard work and then be a man of character. Uh, be a guy that will stand behind your words and do things right all the time and, 
and his his vision you will always be taken care of some way somehow when you do that and that's what i initially start out with in hiring a coach uh and probably the third thing most important thing is the ability to teach uh the game of football uh you know those of us that are coaches know that football is easy for us and so just like a college professor where physics or or organic chemistry is easy for you sometimes you have to really kind of think now how can i explain this at a lower level so that everybody understands it i'm not knocking people or players it's just uh, coaches uh, i think at times they don't go through uh teaching curriculum they're they're not all gone through the going to be a teacher and so shoot there's guys that are lawyers uh, you know by profession and in our coaching now and i think the ability to teach the game of football and make it simple and the game of football is not simple but to make the game of football simple is is a really great characteristic that that we try to try to evaluate and now with some of your assistant coaches what are some of the ways you try to empower them and help them grow as coaches underneath your guidance you know i, I give them a job description and uh I, I i tell them you know you know if you have questions on it do it and whether, you know, the DB coach, the corners coach, he coaches corners. I'm not going to tell him how to coach corners, although that's my expertise. I, I will give him food for thought. But the last thing, uh, the, the way you demotivate uh, an individual is tell them how to do their job. You motivate them by high-fiving them and finding the positives and, and walk with them as they grow. And so whether it's recruiting coordinator or um, um in charge of uh, equipment, the equipment uh, liaison or the weight coach uh, liaison or uh, academic liaison. I spell out my expectations and I, then I have them do it. And I evaluate them uh, constantly, but once a year we sit down and I go over always five positives that I see in their, in their existence and in their work at South Dakota state. And then if I can come up with five, I'll talk about five things uh, that I want them to look at improving. And it might be, uh, how they teach football it might be how they plan practice. It might be uh, how they how they communicate in staff meetings, whatever it might be. And and uh, ideally, uh, because I've got some gray hair, they they view me having a little wisdom, and, and they apply some of those things. And ideally, we walk together and get better and better. Now, if you had to describe the culture of SDSU football to somebody who's never been a part of it, how would you describe it? Made up of uh, guys that are passionate about football. We have, we have a mad manual, and uh, the mad manual has, a, has, a, has some bullet statements in the back that talk about it, the, the title is uh, the Jackrabbit Way. And, and so uh, those things are constantly talked about. In fact, I talk, that's all I talk about the last 20-some years as a head coach is it really boils down to, in the end, we have a program that we create a family. I know our players' birthdays. I, I do everything I can to get to know their family background, one parent, two parent, grandparent, uh, the brothers and sisters. And we really work and it, it sounds kind of corny, but, it, but it's real. And it's the most powerful, powerful thing you can say, but we really work to be able to look at each other and say, I love you. And, uh, I say that to my coaches, our coaches say that to their players. I say that to our players. And, and when you get to that level of, of care and investment in people, and you truly are a family and you talk about things other than bench press and 40 times and, and height and weight. Uh, the experience is so much deeper at South Dakota state. And that's the, that's the top goal. You know, we talk about belief. I, I, we under, underestimate a person's ability to just buy into something and how powerful that is. 
Well, human beings aren't built that way. They're built to have somebody prove something to them, and then they go, oh, now I believe in the weight program or the nutrition program or the offense or the defense. And all we do is hold each other back. And so we believe in our players. We love our players. They're blue-collar. They're passionate about football. And, uh, and I don't know if we're the fastest team on the field. I don't know if we're the tallest. Or the, we look the best getting off the bus. But our, our recipe works pretty well, and we've won a lot of football games. Now, throughout the years, how have you motivated and connected with all of your players, even those who may not play as much as they wish or may want a little bit larger role? I know you talked about you know, building that relationship, but you know, what strategies or techniques did you use to help build this relationships with these kids? You know, uh, bear my soul here. I, this, the players evaluate me every year, and there's 17 different areas they evaluate me, and I'm serious as a heart attack here. The lowest score I get every year is my motivation, my ability to motivate. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so why is that? Because I, I, I don't change. I, I, and I don't mean I don't want to change. I don't think I should change. I, I want to be consistent. And so I, I basically say the same thing before every game. And then I read off the starters. I think it's an honor to start. Um, I think the best way to motivate somebody is to, to get to know them and, and treat them like an individual. Uh, we are very unique in the sense that uh, if a young man comes in and, and, and he, his sister's getting married in the middle of the season, we find a way to get him to his sister's wedding. Now, I, I'm mad, or, mad as heck at his sister for doing that, but, uh, but uh, uh, we will treat everybody as an individual. And there's a lot of programs that say, this is the way you cut your hair, this is the way you wear your shorts, this is the way you, you know, and, 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 there's, and there's power in that commitment. I think there's power, greater power in committing to every individual that you're going you're gonna to treat them like an individual within the fabric of the football program. So I would say the way they get motivation from me is they know I love them. They know I care for them. They know that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that I want to take care of them. Same thing with our coaching staff. If, 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 if there's a little league baseball game going on and I have a, uh, a meeting, I want that coach to feel comfortable and saying, Coach, can I be late for the meeting so I can watch my son, my daughter, whatever. Uh, play the game and we will make that work out uh, many many more times than, than that we call it we call it you want to use your get out of jail card free just like uh, like the monopoly game and, and and we give a lot of those away another thing you've been very active with coaches is fca throughout your coaching career what about this organization has meant so much to you and how have you used its platform to impact the lives of others well that's uh that's a really good question you know i was i was early in my career up until the age 31 you know, I went to church every Sunday, and it's honest to God truth, but I was addicted to football. I mean, my, my family can attest to that. I would sit at the dinner table, and they would talk to me, and there were times or, that, that an hour I'd hear those words again, and I hadn't responded to them because I, I was all about football. I, I carried a pencil and a piece of paper in my, my pants everywhere I went, so if you had an idea about football, and I uh, went to an FCA uh, summer camp at, as a family, thought it was a great idea. The family could – call a vacation i could coach football because of my 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 uh, disease that i had and i literally was on the on the practice field in the huddle thinking best coach in america uh as at a young age and, and these players broke the huddle and they didn't say ready break they said praise the lord and i backed out and my eyes were open to the fact that uh my life was was being lived the wrong way i was pursuing a goal that was totally worldly i wasn't investing in my family and so I owe my life, my, my, my life to fellowship Christian athletes and, and, and how I parent now, how I coach now. And, and how, what does it do? What does your faith do? What does FCA do? It takes the highs and lows in life and in coaching, and there are many, 
from recruiting to injuries to big wins and big losses and it evens it out. All right. Great victories now aren't beating uh, somebody to get to the semifinals. Great victories are a young man coming down the hallway and telling me that South Dakota State changed his life. And he comes back 10 years later with a wife and, and two kids, and that's a greater victory. And the reason I'm able to see that and recognize that is because my, my life is now based on my faith, then my family, and then football, whereas before it was entirely my, my reputation, my, my uh, uh, existence was about winning football games and, and, and climbing a professional ladder. And uh, it, FCA changed my life. And now FCA changes our players' lives because TJ Carlson, who's our, our team chaplain, uh, is highly involved, heavily involved in our chapels, in our Bible studies. And, and, and uh, when our guys take a knee and pray on the field, they're not doing that to get attention to themselves. They're, they know they get strength from putting, putting their, their lives in the hands of, of their Savior as opposed to this worldly thing we call the game of football. Well, coaching can be a very demanding and time-consuming job for coaches of all ages, much like what you talked about in your story. How have you been able to balance the demands of the job with also being the, the balance, the demands of your family and your faith? Well, I, again, I think the, the combining some things that I talked about earlier, the, the ability to say that football is not the most important thing in our life. I mean, I have to win football games and graduate players for job security, but I, we don't do that by putting pressure on people. We don't do that by, by treating everybody the same way. We do it uh, by, by, by trying to exist as a family like a family would. And so I'll be honest with you. My first years as a head coach, I, I didn't manage my family as well. I mean, our, our, our youngest is 26 right now. I, I left the birthing room of our youngest son, Samuel, an hour after that to battle for a recruit. And I'm not proud of that. Uh, so it's been gradual for me. Uh, some of the things we do right now as a staff, and our family's grown, but our, we have a bunch of bunch of young families uh, and our staff. And so one of the things we do that no other program does is we take our sons or our coaches take their sons on a road trip, uh, one of the game trips, whether it's Northern Iowa or USD or North Dakota State, when we ride on the bus. And so we'll have 10, 12 uh, kids as young as five years old with the team. Now, who else does that when you're when you're at Division One athletics? No one does. And what am I trying to do? I'm trying to say to those dads, this is more important than anything you've got in your life. Uh, we take our wives on a trip, a plane trip, once a year. And, and what else happens with that whole thing? Our players see our, our coaches in a different role. They see them as dads. They see the power of that, the importance of that. And, and, and some of them didn't have that in their lives. And so it's, it's another opportunity to to uh, invest in, in, in uh, uh, the players. Uh, and, you know, and it, it's a great opportunity. And so I, I didn't do it very well, but I'm trying to live through our assistants now and, and uh, really uh, allow them to be uh, the dad and the husband and the coach they're meant to be. Now, as you reflect back on your coaching career and, and maybe even look into the future here with your coaching career, how do you want your players to remember you after their playing days are over? Well, I want them to remember, uh, I, want, I want them to think that I invested in their life, that, that I cared about them, that I loved them that uh, I cared about them in every phase of their life. You know, a guy goes to college, and, and uh, as a football coach, sometimes we think, well, I'm supposed to take care of, you know, maybe a little bit of his grades and his physical development. I want to take care. We want to invest. I'm going to invest in him spiritually. Uh, I'm going to invest in him uh, uh, Mandarin-wise and humility-wise. 
uh, you know, we, we, we want to be known as treating women right and not taking advantage of women, which, you know, if you look at a lot of college sports programs, they get a bad rap because of what, what, what is allowed to happen and what, what, how people turn their, turn their back on stuff. And, uh, I've had a lot of guys, uh, tell me that I, I wasn't the best coach they had, but I was a great example of, of, uh, of being a man of my word and a man of God. And, and that's really, I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in their life. And finally here, coach, if you could give one piece of advice to our younger coaches, what would it be and why? I think, uh, learn from experts. This is a complicated game and there's a lot of people out there that are really good at it. Learn from experts. And then as you do that, know who you are, know how God made you, um, know the power of the term coach, the title coach, and how they, how you can impact people, but, but learn in all the different areas, not just X's and O's, but leadership and management and, uh, um, uh, delegation and all those things. And, and, uh, uh, that's what I did. I, I was so blessed with so many great mentors and people that were willing to answer my dumb questions. And, and, and then I figured out who, who God, how God made me. And I tried to, uh, insert the things that fit and, and become the, the best coach I could. Now, one of the last questions that we always ask our coaches uh, that we have on the podcast here is if they were a professional wrestler, a professional baseball player, and they had to pick a walk-up song, they have to tell us what their walk-up song would be and why. And you chose Switchfoot's This Is Your Life. Can you give us a little bit of an explanation as to why you chose that song? Well, Switchfoot is a, a Christian, so nobody knows about them, but they're a Christian music uh, group. And, and the song is about, are you, are you who you want to be? This is your life. Uh, you're blessed. This is, this is the one you get. Uh, are you who you want to be? And I think, I think a lot of people go through life um, trying to be somebody else, trying to be something different. And there's no comfort in that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not your stereotype coach, uh, you know, but I'm who I was made to be. And there's comfort in that. And uh, I think, I think uh, the people around you then know what to expect from you. 